This week's coffee is going to be Honduras Santa Marta Pacamara, micro lot number 236. Welcome to episode 152. My name is Steve Layton and this week's going to be all about Honduras Santamara, Pacamara, lot number 236. So, as the title suggests, the varietal is a Pacamara. Pacamara is a varietal which is a mix of Pacas and Red Maragajeep. Um, Pacas is a natural, spontaneous mutation of Bourbon, similar as Keturah is in Brazil and Villasarchi is in Costa Rica. Um, the varietal was found in 1949 uh, on the San Rafael farm, which is in the Santa Ana Volcano region of El Salvador. Um, the farm belonged to a family uh, which was called the Pacas family, hence the name Pacas for the varietal. Um, and at the time people thought that it was kind of like it was a hybrid between Tipica and San Ramon. Uh, but later it was kind of worked out that it was a natural mutation, that the, the coffee naturally changed. And this is what happens with coffees, they evolve and change as time goes on. And you end up with these tiny minor changes with the varietals. Um, the Pacas family remain, uh, still remain in El Salvador and they're kind of incredibly well known uh, within the coffee regions of, uh, of El Salvador. And still produce some amazing coffee. Um, must be pretty cool though to have a varietal named after you. I'd quite like the, the Leighton varietal. It's got a certain ring to it. Um, but that's the Pacas part of, of the Pacamara. The next part is uh, Red Maragajeep, which is a mutation. Um, so um, this is a mutation of Tipica. Um, it's kind of known in, in, in coffee circles as the giant bean or the elephant ear, which I, I really don't like. Um, but the reason it gets these names is because it has very large leaves, very large fruit um, and very large seeds, so the coffee beans are particularly particularly big. Um, the varietal Maragajeep appeared first of all in 1870 in the Maragajeep province of Bahia in Brazil and kind of spread from there. Um, and yeah, I, honestly when you see one you know the difference between, and, and I've got some photos here to show you of the Maragajeep plant and you can see kind of how different they are. You, you stick the two side by side and you can see really how uh, how large they are. Um, the photos, by the way, of the plants are very kindly supplied by Armigel from Isla Coffee. Um, I kind of cried on Twitter on Wednesday night and said, has anybody got any photos? Because I really wanted to include lots more photos in these, uh, these in my mugs. And uh, he very kindly came up with some, so thank you very much for those. Um, I also made another plea to a friend who I knew was on this farm last year. Um, and Soren Stiller from Denmark, who is the barista champ of 2010 for Denmark. And he very kindly uh, supplied me all the photos that you're going to be seeing uh, when we talk about the farm. So Soren, thank you very, very much for those. Really is appreciated. So some Pacamara facts. Um, Pacamara, just like the Marigajeep, uh, is a very tall tree, uh, very large. Uh, the bean is big, oval-shaped, um, much longer than wider, though. And um, 
produces around about 12% Peabree, which I didn't know until I did a bit of reading in a book to, to do this one. So um, fairly interesting kind of fact. Um, the average screen size, now this is the size of the bean that comes out, is nearly always above screen 18, which if you don't know what it is and why should you, it's huge. Um, means that you end up with a much larger bean. And if you look at the beans that you've got now, you can see that they, they are much larger than your average bean. They have to be roasted a little bit differently. You need to slow the profile down, kind of really kind of let the heat uh, work and, and, and a much longer profile than you would normally do um, for, a, say, a Bourbon or a Tipica or something like that. Um, so there's some Pacamara facts. Uh, this is the third year that we bought from this farm. Um, and I would love to love to work much closer with these guys. We, we do have an importer in the way, which I feel is a little bit of a shame with the coffee because you will find this coffee in lots of other places. Um, but you'll find out that you won't find this coffee in lots of places. So, um, yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. But um, the farm is called Finca Santa Marta, located in Victoria Town in the Yoro district of Honduras. The farm is 23 hectares and was bought by the Hewitt family back in 1963. Um, the family have a longer history in coffee than that, but only at Santa Marta since, since then. Um, the farm itself produces around about 17 tonnes of coffee a year. Um, it's 1,300 metres above sea level, as we said last week. Not important, just interesting to know. Um, and for me, it's one of the best coffees I've tasted from Honduras. Um, they produce two varietals on the farm, Catayi uh, and Pacamara, of which this one is. Uh, both which have a great reputation, both are kind of very well known and we did have the Katayi a couple of years ago and it was, it was really good. Um, and Katayi won the Cup of Excellence back in 2006, coming first, um, which again is no mean feat when you have so many coffees enter. Um, Anna Lucia Hewitt came first in the Honduras Barista Championship using that coffee too and also came 15th in the World Barista Championship in Copenhagen in 2008 using the coffee from the farm. So. Um, again, great reputation, great pedigree to it. Um, what's slightly different to this year's compared to the last ones that we've had, that we were given a number of micro lots to cut from the farm. All different from different days pickings, different parts of the farms. Um, and it allowed us to choose exactly what we wanted. Uh, and we picked our favourites, which coincidentally were 236 and 237. Both Pacamara lots, um, both excellent. And it was a really good learning experience for me to kind of see these subtle differences. The two that we have, although were very close together, so either very close together in picking days or, the, or where they were picked from, are very, very different in the final cup. Um, and you should, if you enjoy this one, you should really go and try lot 237, which is on the site. Um, you know, I, it won't be there for too long. Uh, this one won't be around for too long either because they were very, very small micro lots, like four bags each, I think. So I reckon they'll be gone in the next six weeks or so. Um, but it's a very good learning experience to see how different a coffee can be from the same farm and something I enjoy doing very, very much. So uh, go and take a look. So it's time to taste the coffee. Um, and to taste it, we need to bring out the Wheel of Death. So um, the Wheel of Death. Uh, came out last week and seemed to be one of the successes, one of the things you really liked. So uh, what it's going to do is come up with something different, something I have to try with the coffee this week that I wouldn't normally do. So um, Wheel of Death spin away. <laughs> so this week's is 
Americano! Um, and I hate Americanos. Um, they make me sick in my mouth. I really, really don't like them. Uh, I never enjoy them. If I walk into a coffee shop and somebody, I, there's a brewed coffee option and they give me an Americano, I tend to walk out, so kind of do be warned. Um, and I certainly don't ever return. Um, there are some things you can do to make Americanos better. Um, so first of all is pour the espresso first, take the crema off, then add the water. That makes instantly the, the, the Americano better. Um, so there's a top tip. And also use a cup which is that kind of size and use a shot of espresso, one third, and then two thirds hot water. Um, that way you don't dilute it too much, you don't have it too strong. It just kind of sits there where it's a drink that you can enjoy. Um, keep those proportions tight. Keep them as you would a milk drink. So if you're making a cappuccino, you wouldn't kind of make them much bigger and, and, and you know, smaller. Um, unless you're doing a macchiato, I guess. So not a good analogy. But anyway, time to taste some coffee. So um, I'm going to... Uh, actually, before we do that, we have to snozzer in the bowl. So... This smells straight away big. Big, bold, just in your face. There's a lot to this coffee. You know, you can see it's going to be, it's going to be a huge, huge cup. It's actually really interesting because it's quite different to a lot of the coffees we've cooked recently. So, um, yeah, uh, do get your snozzer in there and smell that one. So, into the espresso, first of all. So, in the espresso... It is big. It's really, really big. It's, you can't almost chew in it, it's that big. It's sweet, it has some kind of chocolate sweetness to it. And it has almost like this, it's, it's almost a bit stocky. It's almost a bit beefy, um, but not in a bad way. So it, it, it's a good thing, trust me. So much so the espresso gets a second gulp. That's because I've got this coming up, the Americano. So, so I followed the proportions. I followed the proportions of one third espresso, two thirds hot water, scraping off the crema before I do it, and I've stolen that from somebody. So I can't claim that I, I, I'm creating something wonderful there. That's going that, that's all mine. There is that's been done for a little while by a few people, but um, it's actually not a bad americano. I've had a lot, lot worse. Um, Still not my bag, but, you know, um, I, I would much rather have a brewed pot of that than the Americano. But with the Americano, you get that beefiness, perhaps even more so, um, and you get that chewiness, particularly. I mean, it is, it's a huge coffee. For me, this is much more geared towards espresso than Lot 237. Lot 237 is interesting, but it's perhaps a little bit lighter and a little bit more kind of fluffy. That makes sense, whereas this is a little bit more... So, uh, yeah. So, that's it. Um, better? I know lots of you didn't like it last week. Um, hopefully this week I've ironed out a few of those gremlins. And listen, no music. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee.